Chapter Eleven of the Peril Finders by George Fenn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven. No luck yet, Griggs," said the doctor, riding up to the head of the little caravan one morning after many, many days of travel since the party made its first plunge into the unknown, untraversed wilds, to keep trudging on at the rate dictated by the mules, which, laden as they were, could not be hurried. Sometimes, when the track they made for themselves was easy and level, a good many miles were got over. At others, the hindrances seemed to multiply, and Griggs laughingly said it never rained but it poured and then the tale of miles traversed became very few at the end of the day but the american worked harder than any one and always with unfailing good humour there were times when he seemed to be furious raging out in language especially his own the vocabulary being wonderful the names he called astounding in their fluency novelty and peculiarity still the objects of these displays of temper were never his fellow-travellers but the mules and as soon as he had roared himself hoarse he stood wiping his perspiring face smiling contentedly to say to one the other or both of the boys i feel a deal better for having got rid of all that nasty stuff it kinder eases my mind youngsters and now look at em he continued pointing at his obstinate charges see how nicely they go don't you ever tell me that mules have no brains look at skeeter how he's listening to my voice and you wait a moment and you'll see him begin working those ears of his about there do you see that's his way of telegraphing his opinions about what he has heard to all the rest there's a deal more in mules than people think be this right or wrong the baggage carrying animals did their best when Griggs was near them, and a few absurd words from his powerful lungs stopped kicking, biting, and squealing when a revolution seemed to be on the way, and a fight of heels had begun, to the imminent risk of disaster to the packs. No luck yet, sir, cried Griggs, when the doctor had spoken on particular morning. Why, I was just thinking how lucky we had been. How? said the doctor and the boys pricked up their ears to listen to the conversation. "'Haven't lost a mule. Always got over some of the ground to bring us nearer to the place we're looking for, and the way in which we are enjoying ourselves in this compound frolic of a picnic is wonderful.' "'Enjoying, eh? Well, I'm glad you take it so.' "'Oh, I think we're being wonderful lucky, seeing what might have happened.' "'You here, boys,' said the doctor, that's the spirit to take our journeying in but look here griggs we've been trenching too much on our stores and that's bad the mules don't think so sir said the american laughing but as we can't buy fresh going on in this way perhaps we had better be on the lookout a little more for the pot and leave the stores as much alone as we can yes said the doctor i say don't let anything eatable go by by the way you're deviating a little from the course we laid down this morning just a little sir replied griggs it was skeeter's doing oh i did not know that the mule took the lead he doesn't always sir but sometimes he stops short lifts up that muzzle of his 
lays his ears down flat and sings one of those pleasant little airs of his and when he does that i've noticed more than once that it means he smells water somewhere so this time when he snapped at a fly trying to lay eggs in his skin and bore off a little to the left i didn't interfere but the lookout forward does not seem promising said the doctor raising his double glass to his eyes and sweeping the horizon no sir it looks like warm stuff out of the kegs to-night and none to spare for a wash i'm afraid so said the doctor closing his glass and drawing rein so as to let wilton and bourne close up tired chris ned oh no they replied it's soon in the day yet father added chris that seems a pity about the water griggs said ned as they rose slowly on oh how i should like a good swim in a clear river wouldn't be amiss but when you can't get beef mutton ain't bad i knew that said chris dryly but you don't seem to know that when you can't get plenty of water for bathing nice clean sand isn't a bad thing for a good dry wash it's better without soap too chris laughed ah you may grin but it's a nasty habit i think that of rubbing grease turned into what you call soap all over your skin look yonder on that patch of sand he continued pointing for his keen eyes seemed to miss nothing snakes cried chris bringing his rifle sharply round nay nay don't shoot what's the good you might scare something better better said ned with his upper lip curling up and the corners of his mouth going down yes i don't care about snakes said the american dryly but i've heard that some of the injuns cut the rattler's head off and roast them in wood ashes and that they're uncommonly good ah oh, ejaculated ned yes that's just how i feel my lad continued griggs in his calm dry manner i'm like that countryman of mine who was hard up for tuck out in the backwoods and when someone asked him afterwards how he managed to live he said he shot and cooked the crows horrid cried ned yes that's what the other one said and then he says but surely you don't like crows no said the first one i don't kind of hanker arter them it's the same here i don't kind of hanker after snakes but it's all a matter o habit oh oh cried ned ah you may say er uh, but it all depends when a fellow's hungry he's got to eat something and i don't see why a snake shouldn't be as good to eat as an eel but they're poisonous cried chris only in the head and it's easy to cut that off now look yonder there lie four fine fat rattlers fast asleep on that patch of sand we're not exactly short of food but a little extra would be very useful and as rattlers are so plentiful it seems almost a pity that we can't make them good to eat and knock over all we come across how can you talk in that horrid way griggs cried chris with a shudder i don't see nothing horrid about it snakes are nice clean enough sort of thing and as i say it's all a matter of habit they tell me frogs are delicious but i'd soon as eat snake reptiles oh cried ned so's turtle reptile said griggs nasty-looking thing too 
might just as well eat alligator i've a good mind to get down and cripple two or three of those rattlers so as to try how they eat no no don't cried the boys in a breath and before the others grasped what he was about to do chris pulled up slipped off his mustang gathered up a handful of small stones and sent a shower amongst the sleeping reptiles in an instant there was a scattering of sand and a rush for safety the snakes taking refuge amongst the brush around leaving not a sign of their presence there goes dinner for six said griggs dryly i say there's plenty of those creeping gentry about here almost the only inhabitants said chris well if we do have to come to eat em, perhaps we shall get momentous set up to us in our honour for introducing a new kind of useful food of which there's plenty being wasted in the far west pity they're so small they'd shrink too in the cooking why a hungry man would be able to polish off one easy do you want to make me ill griggs said ned shuddering certainly not my lad but i say griggs cried chris how big do those things grow how long were the largest you ever saw oh they don't quite come up to the boa constrictors let me see the largest i ever saw measured was was twenty-five feet nay 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 not quite as long as that but quite six feet which is bigger than i like after all most of them's little like those dangerous sort of things and don't the horses and mules understand don't catch them going near a rattler if they know it my nag has shied four times this morning at the poisonous brutes cried chris seems to me said griggs that they like this part of the country i'd be pretty careful about walking about when we get down it'd be as well to ride about a bit when we stop for camping so as to scare the beggars away we don't want to get bitten but from that time oddly enough they saw no sign or trace of the reptiles the sun grew hotter and hotter but neither in sandy level nor rugged stony patch was a snake seen basking nothing was visible but lizards and they disappeared when the doctor called a halt in the most rugged part of a stony waste where there was an overhanging cliff and a broken gully which promised at a distance to be the home of a spring but though it had evidently been at one time a pool overhung by rocks there was not a trace of moisture it afforded a little shelter however in an overhanging part where there was a rugged projecting shelf and there being nothing better the halt was made there only to prove too hot a one for endurance the rocks seeming to glow and keeping off such air as was astir as well as the sun so after a short time the doctor decided to go on once more in search of some more likely place in those hot weary hours the elasticity and cheerfulness of the boys died away in the early morning it had been all laugh and chat and notice of everything they passed that seemed novel but with the coming of noon quite a change came over them and ned took to sighing from time to time then to murmuring and at last after a long low expiration of the breath oh dear he cried i'm getting so tired of this well you are a fellow grumbled chris 
Only an hour or two ago you talked as if you liked it. Ah, I wasn't so hot and fagged out then. It gets so jolly monotonous. Here we go on, ride and tramp, ride and tramp, day after day, seeing nothing but sand and sagebrush, sand and sagebrush, always tired, always being scorched by the sun till one's giddy, and— Here, father, cried Chris, but without turning his head. What are you going to do? said Ned, in a hurried whisper. Call father up, for you to grumble to him. Nonsense, whispered Ned. Don't be a stupid donkey. Can't I say a word or two without you wanting to tell tales? I don't want to tell tales, but I want for you to tell father yourself. You talked as if you had had enough of it, and wanted to go back. Who wants to go back? cried Ned angrily. Nice thing if one can't say what one likes about one's feelings. I only said what I did because I was hot and tired, and it is so tiresome. One day just like the other, and not a bit of adventure to go through. Why, I expected no end of fun in that way. I mean, no end of excitement. Do you understand what he means, Griggs? said Chris. I think you've upset him by talking about cooking and eating snakes. It wasn't that, said Griggs. He must have got out of bed the wrong way this morning. Yes, a nice sort of bed. Nothing but rough sagebrush crumbling up as soon as it's moved, and looking like so much gritty irritation tea. Same sort of bed as we had, squire, and we don't grumble. Why, you're not half a fellow. Like to go back, perhaps? That I shouldn't, snapped out Ned, so suddenly that his mustang started and had to be checked and soothed. Can't a fellow speak? I don't want to grumble, but it's so monotonous. You said that before cried chris banteringly i know clever shakes retorted ned and now i say it again i've as good a right to speak as you have if you don't like the word monotonous i'll say dull and stupid it's ride and walk ride and walk and walk and ride and walk and ride said chris imitating his old companion's words and tones no adventures nothing to see not even a rattlesnake said griggs softly look here mr griggs snapped out ned i wish you wouldn't keep interrupting me when i'm speaking it's precious rude i beg your pardon sir said griggs politely well don't do it again said ned shortly Phew, how hot it is i'm sure it's ever so much hotter than it has been before much said chris with his eyes twinkling but he looked straight before him so did griggs and ned went on it's just as if the sand got to be red hot and all the heat was reflected back in one's face i wouldn't care though only it's so dull and my not dreary the boy snapped out looking sharply from one to the other as if to see whether another remark was about to be made respecting his repetition but neither of his companions moved a muscle of his face and he went on murmuring in the same irritable way there seems to be no fish to catch no birds to shoot i wouldn't have believed that there could have been so much miserable desert if i hadn't seen it i quite thought that by this time after getting right away from all the settlements and into the wildest of the wild country what said griggs sharply oh nonsense wildest of the wild why this is nothing to what we've got to come 
we haven't seen a regular good mountain yet no nor yet a wild beast i thought we should have plenty of adventures with them by now oh that is what you mean is it cried griggs with mock seriousness giving chris a peculiar look at the same time as if asking him to back up any assertions that he might make you expected that we would spend half our time shooting lions and stalking tigers yes said ned passing his hand over his eyes and shaking his head as if the heat had made him sleepy and giddy no no he added hastily of course i know that there are no lions and tigers here you're laughing at me well it's enough to make a cat laugh to hear you go on finding fault when here we are in a regular wonderful country such as i should never have expected to find so soon of course i know that it wouldn't do of a plantation but here we are just at the beginning of rising ground and a mile or two further we shall be all amongst rocks and stones and for all we can tell we shall come upon the sugar up yonder among those mountains rising up as if they were growing out of what was a plain sugar what sugar said ned staring well the gold amongst the three sugar-loaf mountains shown on the chart i only wish we could find it said chris well have patience and the more patience you use up the more you'll want we shan't find the gold without but i'm like ned said chris thoughtfully i think as he does that it does seem wonderful that there should be such a lot of regularly useless land in the world look at this as far as we can see it's so salt and dry that nothing will grow stones and sand and sand and stones and all of no use at all who says so said griggs coolly why i do you heard me yes you say so but what do you know about it you say it's of no use because it's of no use to you but you know nothing at all about what may be underneath all this sand and stone nothing at all not even water cried chris you don't know there may be gold or silver or lead tin or copper or some of those minerals that chemists and such folk use i don't like to hear you grumble my lad about things when you've only just looked and not tried what about precious stones diamonds and rubies or pearls perhaps said ned with a sneer yes or pearls said griggs and the boys both burst out laughing heartily ned's tide of ill-humour had turned got me said griggs gravely i say you are clever ones well i like to hear you make a blunder sometimes griggs you often had the laugh at us now we've got one at you yes you are clever ones said the american grimly but you're wrong this time you're both grinning and looking at one another as much to say hark at old griggs he's forgotten that pearls come out of oysters and oysters live in the sea of course cried the boys together yes of course and i don't know that there mayn't be fossil oyster shells somewhere about here with pearls still in them i've seen shells sometimes looking quite pearly inside though they've been buried in rock no end of time you didn't hear your father say only to-day before yesterday that all this salt desert land must at one time have been the bottom of the sea what do you say to that oh said chris thoughtfully and ned pushed his broad-leaved hat a little 
on one side so as to scratch his ear you're right though after all about lions and tigers and so was i only they're american lions and tigers pumas and jaguars and pumas without any manes and jaguars with spots instead of stripes wait a bit and we shall come upon some of them not here though it's not likely sort of country for them but there's mountain land yonder piled up higher than we shall be able to take our mustangs and mules we shall find watercourses soon and that means trees and grass and quite a different climate the sort of place where we're quite likely to find uncle ephraim at home what grizzly bear cried chris excitedly that's the gentleman replied griggs and as like as not after crossing a ridge or two we may come upon buffalo what in the mountains perhaps more likely in the plains there don't you chaps grumble any more your fathers have got quite enough to think about without having to talk to you about being a little more plucky and patient yes i know cried chris wincing we're only grumbling to you oh then i don't matter not a bit you're such a good-tempered patient chap and you seem like one of us but i say griggs do you really think we are going to find a change in the country soon certain oh come that's better we have had enough of sand and sagebrush and we do want a regular change you'll get it then and i dare say before night can't you see that we're on the slope of the mountains now no not a bit but we are just slowly rising and by night we shall find that we are in quite a different place hundreds of feet higher than where we had breakfast this morning well i hope you're right said chris no more was said then the two boys sometimes riding sometimes walking till after some hours griggs pulled up to point to the fact that they had reached what seemed to be the summit of an enormous land wave heaved up and rising for miles either way across the desert but right in front descending slowly into a vast hollow plain which glistened in its desolation as if frosted with silver why it must be silver cried ned enthusiastically nay nay only salt my lad looks like a dried-up lake yes where's your herd of buffaloes cried chris oh i shouldn't i like for us to shoot one and have some beef yes buffalo hump isn't bad said griggs it's rich and tender and gravyish but where is it said ned higher up i suppose where there's prairie land and grass you don't expect to see buffalo where there's nothing to graze on do you look at the stones though regular rocky ridges rising up one above the other on the other side of that frosty lake part shouldn't wonder if we found something fresh there he pointed to his left where there was a manifest change in the scenery as seen through the shimmering haze which hindered the view yes he cried eagerly if you look hard you can just get a glimpse of a great ridge and just beyond ah there are the mountains at last but i can't see them said chris thoughtfully are they near no but near enough for us to reach to-morrow night but what about to-night i say that isn't salt i can see it glittering quite plainly it's water no my lad no water there 
I wish there was, added Griggs to himself. Then what are we to do for water tonight? There'll be enough to make our tea. But the horse and mules, said Chris. We must try and find a hollow with some shrubbery stuff that they can chew, poor beasts, for they'll get nothing else. What are you pointing at, squire? Ned made no answer, but sat fast where he had checked his pony, pointing to where hundreds, perhaps thousands, of heavy grey stones lay scattered widely about over the sandy slope. Well, I can see them, stones looking as if a mountain had crumbled all away in an earthquake or in some volcanic explosion which had shattered it all to pieces. No, no, said Ned huskily, not there, more to the left. It is in that tree, I mean. Tree? There is no tree there. Yes, that great one that was turned over in the earthquake, and all the trunk and top buried in the stones. I say, my lad, said Griggs anxiously, has the heat been too much for you? Yes, it made my head ache. That's it, then. Made you fancy you could see a tree upside down. Tisn't fancy, said Ned huskily. I can see plain enough. But it isn't natural. It's all alive, and the roots are twisting and twining about, as if the tree was alive and in pain. Here, don't stare at it. Shut your eyes for a bit, my lad. I'll take your mustang's rein. But I must look at it, cried Ned excitedly. I can't help it. Horrid, here, you two are not looking the right way. I'm looking at you, my lad, said Griggs kindly. And so are you, Chris. Don't, please don't. Look there. I want you to see what it means. Oh, gasped Chris, as he turned his eyes in the direction pointed out by his companion, and that which he saw then was evidently seen now by his nag, which started violently and but for the tight hand the lad had upon the rein it would have dashed off here have you got it too cried griggs there sit still till the water-kegs come up and you must have a drink apiece the sun has been too much for you and he said no more but sat staring in one direction with his mouth wide open and his eyes seeming ready to start out of his head hello here hello cried the doctor cantering up closely followed by wilton and bourne leaving their position in the rear unguarded what's the matter the boy's taken ill snakes cried gris hoarsely look yonder griggs's words were unnecessary for the doctor's eyes had lighted upon the extraordinary sight that had startled ned into his wild announcement the next moment his companions had grasped the phenomenon and had had hard work to keep their mounts from dashing frantically away for about a hundred yards from them half hidden amongst the stones was something which pretty well warranted ned's comparison to a tree turned wrong way up so that only its roots were visible above the ground the object being in fact a monstrous knot of hundreds of snakes twined together as if they were all engaged in the attempt to get their heads into the centre of the tangled mass which all in motion heaved and sank and rolled from side to side the lower portions of the serpents bodies and their tails being free to lash out and writhe about in the air while at a second glance 
the spectators began to realize the fact that all around gliding in and out amongst the stones were hundreds upon hundreds more of the reptiles apparently urged on by some savage instinct to form other knots till the whole of the hollow in front seemed to be alive with the loathsome creatures did you ever see anything like this before griggs said the doctor who was the first to speak never sir but an old gold prospector once told me that he had seen just such a sight only i put it down to being a yarn told to cram me but they're not poisonous not rattlesnakes surely said bourne they surely are cried wilton hark can't you hear it's like a dull fooling sound here i don't want to be the first to run but i can't stand this i'm off we'd better all be off cried the doctor here griggs head round your bell mule and let's get away you seem to have led us right into the empire of snakes quick look alive or the poor brutes will be right amongst the reptiles not they sir they'll smell em now come and help or we shall have a stampede End of chapter eleven